Well, good morning. It is fantastic to be with you. As I said, we are in week two of Essential. Uh, you know, one of my favorite books I've read over the last year was a book called Essentialism by uh, Greg McCune. And one of the pictures that he comes up with in this book that's all about how do you live a life that is focused on that which is most meaningful to you, that which is essential. How do we not let the things that can kind of distract us and detract from us, how do we not let those kind of overwhelm our lives, but really stay focused on what matters most? And he gives this picture, and he, he says, you kind of imagine your closet at home. And, uh, and maybe as you've been staying at home, you've been looking at that closet, thinking about that closet. There's probably a closet like that maybe in your room. If you ever get to that point where maybe you look in that closet, and you're like, it feels like it is just overflowing and kind of overwhelming you with all these clothes in there. You've got clothes that have gone out of style. You've got clothes that don't fit anymore, that clothes that have worn out, but you won't let go of. I mean, how many people know you've got a t-shirt or two like that? You just you don't want to let go of it. Uh, maybe send a photo of that today. But, you know, you've got all this stuff in there. And some of it is like, it's just, it's no good anymore, but it's still in there. And your closet can end up just kind of overflowing. And the real problem with that, the challenge with that is also in that closet are, you know, clothes you love, clothes that are important to you, clothes that actually do fit and all those things, but they can get crowded out by all this other stuff. And he says, you know what, our lives can be a bit like this. Like over time, we just accumulate stuff. We accumulate commitments, things we say yes to. We accumulate, you know, our calendars start to look a little bit like that closet. They're just full of stuff. Some of it's still relevant. Some of it's not. Uh, we have more, you know, things, goals that we just keep adding goals to our life or things we think we want to do or things we think we want to achieve. But what can happen is our lives get so full of stuff that it's a bit like that closet that now we're looking at it just going, I'm not sure I'm even able to see or focus anymore on what really matters most to me. Now, this is why I love the idea of, of thinking about what is essential, because my, my hope is that this might be a moment in your life where you're able to stop and to look and refocus and say, what is essential to me? What is at the center of what I want my life to be about? And how do I live a life that kind of aligns with what I've determined is actually my priority, is what is most critical for me? Because what I really believe is we live perhaps more than ever before in an era, and we live at a time and a space and a place where we are always encouraged to keep adding and adding and adding and to just kind of move towards more, more, more. And I want us to today, here's, here's my hope. Here's my hope. My hope is that you will see with me together as we look at the scriptures, that we will together come to understand this, that there is this lie of more that is always promising, 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 and never delivering. And I, wanna, I want us to maybe see how we might disarm that lie, because what I believe is it can exert a lot of power and influence in our lives if we don't recognize it for what it is. And that very lie of more can keep us from that which matters most. I want us to think about what is, I'm going to call the gift of limits today. I really believe God has given us limitations. In a world that's always saying more, God actually says this far sometimes and no further, not always more. But actually there are times he places limits. And what I want us to consider is maybe those limits could be the greatest gift that God can give us. Do you know, when I think about this, we, I think a place that is really helpful to go to 
it kind of reminds us that actually the, the wrestle with this idea, the wrestle with the idea of just a little bit more, it goes back to the very heart of how we're created. When you go back to the story of how God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, in fact, Genesis 2, I want us to look at it for a moment. It says that when God created us, he, the Lord God took the man, he took Adam, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man. God gives a commandment. Sometimes we think God gives a commandment and something within us kind of goes, oh, he's commanding, he's limiting, he's saying, don't do this, don't do that. But I want you to see, it says God commanded the man, you are free. He says, you're free to eat any from any tree in the garden. God has said, there's all these trees, all this, it's all good. And you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But then he puts this limitation on it. But he says, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, volumes, volumes have been written about this passage. But here's what I just want you to consider with me today. That there is a God who created you. And he created you with incredible freedom. And, and he says, you know, you're free. It, it's like you see back in the garden, he says, you're free to eat from any tree. But he says, but there is this one tree, do not eat from it. He places a limit. He says, if you eat from it, you will surely die. It's almost like God saying, you're free. It's good. It's good. You can eat from any of these trees, but you can't eat from every tree. Do you know what I think we sometimes don't appreciate is that God has created us to live at the very core of who we are. God has created us to live within limits. When he very first created us, you know, there's a God who created you, he created your soul, he created how you operate and, and your very being. And when he created you, he created you to actually live within limits. And actually those limits that we sometimes push against and think, why would he command me? Why would he say this, not that? Those very limits are actually not what takes away our freedom. They're what gives us our freedom. And so limits actually are something that is intended to give us freedom. So, but here's the challenge. The challenge and the wrestle is this. We're created to live with these limits, but... It says in Genesis 3, and this is where everything goes uh, a little bit south, the serpent comes along. That the serpent comes along and he's going to deceive Adam and Eve. And it says that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And in this famous, famous moment, he says, he said to the woman, did God really say, did God really say, I'm going to take what God said and I'm going to just get you to question for a moment whether it's really what he meant or what he said. He said, did he really say you must not eat from any, any tree in the garden? The woman says, hold on. He said, we can eat fruit from the trees, but God did say we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden must not touch it or you will die. The woman says, no, 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 we're, we just, that's the limit. We can't eat that one. Or God says, we will die. And the serpent says, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And he gives this little lie, this little twist. No, no, no. I know God said it won't be good for you, but trust, it, it, if you eat from it, it won't be as bad as what he said. You, you won't surely die. In fact, your eyes will be open. You'll, you'll be like God. Do you know the lie that is at the heart of, of sin? The lie that is at the heart of what has gone wrong with humanity in the world is this lie that we can have just a little bit more and that we could be limitless like God. 
You know why I think this story is so important? Because it, I think what it should help us to do, especially today, is to, to go, this isn't just a story about something that happened a long time ago. This is a story that we need to realize is operating alive and well every day. That actually there's an, the enemy of our souls would want us to believe just a little bit more. That, no, oh, I know that God said, you know, he put a boundary here or a limitation there. But trust me, it's no big deal. And if you just, you know, it's not going to be as bad. But can I tell you something? What the scriptures want us to see. God is infinite and limitless. We're made in his image and his likeness. But we are not limitless. We are dependent on him. And every time we try to live as though we have no limits, it is not good for our soul. Do you know, I, uh, a couple years back, for my birthday, I, I wanted one thing. I wanted a record player. And so I, I told some friends, and, and I wanted that. And so a bunch of friends got me this record player. And you know why I wanted a record player? Uh, it wasn't just to, to try and be, you know, like some cool hipster or something. That would be great motivation, I'm sure, as well. But actually, and there's lots of people, they've had a resurgence. People like them for different reasons. Some, you know, to get just a certain kind of tone to the music or maybe big fans of the album art. But the reason I really wanted one was because this is what I found myself always doing. I like to listen to music at the end of the day when I come home, maybe when I'm cooking or eating dinner. But I just found I would often, you know, I'd go to Spotify or I'd go to playlists that I had on Apple Music and I'd put on music, but... And I wanted to listen to some music to enjoy, to relax. I thought this would be good, but I'd put it on and I'd just find myself going, I don't know, do I really want to listen to that? Do I really, or should I listen to that playlist or that album or this? And every day having to choose what music of all the music that's been invented since the history of the beginning of time, what music shall I listen to? And then I'd put on a playlist when I finally could narrow it, but I'd have a song on and think, you know, I wonder what song's next. I've only got a little bit of time. Maybe there's a better song. And I click and I click. And I just found myself always skipping, going, going, going. Because it's limitless. could listen forever. And I wanted a record player because I love the idea that actually can just go, you know what, you can't skip. You can't uh, just keep letting it go forever. There's a start, there's an end. And I just love the feeling of going like, no, I can't listen to everything. I have a finite amount of records. It's growing. <laughs> But I have a finite amount. I can choose from one of those, put it on, and listen. And what I found is often instead of, you know, I, I would think that if I had all this music I could choose from, then I would be happy. But actually, I wouldn't enjoy the music I'm listening to because I'm thinking of what else could I be listening to. Instead, when I find so often I put on one simple record and I enjoy it more because I'm like, there's a limit. And I'm here and I'm present. I'm not against digital music. I still listen to those things as well. My record player doesn't travel well in my car. But here's the thing is that what I, I think we have to come to grips with is we're told we're created to live within limits. But we live in a world where we are surrounded by this lie that we could just have more and more and more and we sometimes don't realize what it's doing to our soul. That in this kind of belief that we can have it all, we don't realize that there's, it's actually at times, it's actually bringing death to our soul. You know, there's so much that's been written about this in our modern world. There, there's this idea we, that we live almost, uh, you know, a lot of research has shown there's almost this low-grade anxiety that we all live with all the time because our choices in the West and places like where we live here in Perth, 
we almost live with, we don't even realize that this low-grade anxiety because we're forced with so many choices all the time. It's limitless. We have, a, you know, there's a phrase for this, you know, when they invented Twitter, and if, if you've ever been on Twitter, and, and I'm not anti-Twitter or anything, but one of the things that it has, and this is, you know, it's, I'm sure if you're a computer person, you're more familiar with this kind of idea than I am, but it's the infinite scroll. If you get on Twitter, you will never get to the end of Twitter. There will be no limit. You could scroll and scroll and scroll. And it's so like this in our world. We can just get onto social media, get on the internet. The, we've got the whole access to all of human knowledge. Everything is constantly telling us like you could just go forever. And we sometimes don't realize that actually not, that's not good for our soul. We live, humanity flourishes within limits. What if as followers of Christ, as students of the, the scriptures, and maybe you're, maybe you're someone who's always thought, no, nah, I'd never even consider being a Christian because what I know is if you're a Christian or if you follow the Bible, it's going to be all these rules. It's going to be all these limits. It's going to be all these restrictions. I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to do that. What if it was only within limitation and restrictions that you could find freedom, that you could actually find a place where your soul can flourish? What if those restrictions, what if God's command, like don't eat from that, wasn't trying to steal something from them, wasn't trying to keep good for them, but was trying to preserve good for them? That is the constant wrestle that we engage with. With God, we have to learn to trust him, that the limits he creates are good, that actually when we live according to his words and commandments and teaching and his wisdom, that it is not because he's trying to rob something from us, but it's because he's trying to give something to us. You know, whenever I think about this idea, one of my favorite verses that comes to mind comes from Psalm chapter 90, verse 15, uh, verse 12. And in that psalm is this very simple prayer that I think we do well to embrace, you know, in our world today, where it says this simple prayer, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I love this prayer. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You see, if we're going to live lives that are focused on that which is essential and that which matters most, if we are going to experience the freedom that almost limitations can actually bring, this prayer to me is such a helpful starting point for what does this look like in real time? I think in real time, it looks like just going, God, would you help me to not fall into the lion trap that, you know, my days are limitless, my life is limitless. Because whenever anything is limitless, it loses its value. Once you number something, once you number your days, that is the beginning of really getting that heart of wisdom is to number our days, to realize, you know what, God, my life, I, there are constraints I live within. Would you help me to see them, to number them so that I can value them and live wisely? When we actually number something, value something, we gain an appreciation for its value and we're able to live more wisely. You know, a couple weeks ago was Easter, and Easter is a time when a lot of chocolate goes around. Now, it's been at least two weeks, I think, and something funny happened in my house this week. My son Levi went to his Easter basket, and he said, where are all my chocolate eggs? The little ones, you know, the little wrapped up ones. And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to go out for a little bit. Anyway, I'll be back. No, I, 
I was like, oh, you, your eggs? He's like, yeah, I had six of them. I'm like, you had six of them? And um, I'm like, yeah, I probably ate those because I did eat all the ones I could find. So that probably was those six. Now, here's the thing. He had numbered them. He knew. He was like, I got six of them. They were important to him, turns out. And so he had valued them. I just kind of found some eggs. I don't know how many there are, but well, as long as they're here, I'm going to keep on eating them. And that's what I did. And you know what? I didn't really appreciate or value what they were. I just ate them thoughtlessly, but they were tasty. But, you know, whenever we number something, whenever we see this is what I've got, we value it so differently. You know, our lives, we gain wisdom when we actually recognize the limitations within which we live. When we number our days, when we appreciate that actually we, we are finite, that guess what? It allows us to live with more freedom because we can actually go, you know what? Actually, I don't want to waste that which is limited. It's valuable. My, your days are valuable. Your time is valuable. We, we have a phrase in our, our kids' ministry that we talk about with parents to when you're going through a season with kids that you're finding frustrating or some challenges that are unique of the different phases that kids go through. And the phrase is, it's only a phase, don't miss it. So often we think about life, oh, it's only a phase, I'll get through it. No, it's only a phase. Life is going to change soon. The investment you can make into your kids is going to change soon. Life is not limitless. You need to value what you have right in front of you. The more we number our days, the more we appreciate these realities, the more we are free to live with what matters most. You know, the, there's a great picture of how Jesus lived this perfectly for us. You know, one of the great things that we realize is that, you know, all of this is, is not about just, hey, can we get this right? We realize from what's happened in the scriptures. We were never going to get everything all right. That's not going to happen. But actually, we're given this picture in the scriptures that Christ has done this for us. And in Philippians chapter 2, we get this wonderful picture of what Jesus did, his willingness to embrace limitation on our behalf. It says in Philippians 2, uh, verse 5, it says that our attitudes, our mindset should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But instead, instead he emptied himself and he took on the very nature of a servant and he took on human form and it says he was willing to be obedient even to death, even death on a cross. And I love these verses because it, it's, it's telling us that do you know what? God himself did what we could not do for ourselves. And he who was infinite, Jesus was willing to, it says, emptied himself. The Greek word, there's this word kenosis. It's like he was willing to empty himself of, of his limitlessness and take on human form. He became a human being, the incarnation. It's God limiting himself for our sake. You know, I love, there's an old hymn about these very verses from Charles Wesley called And Can It Be? And he writes it this way in such a beautiful kind of poetic sense. It says, Jesus, he left his father's throne above. What Jesus had, the throne above, so free, so infinite his grace and emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. 
I love that phrase. He emptied himself of all but love. And I love that phrase because it reminds us of what is essential. Jesus, he was willing to take on all the limitations of human form, even to go to death, even to take on, even death on a cross, it says. He was willing to become obedient, to live within that because he'd emptied himself of all but love. Love for you, love for me. Do you know what I think those verses are so powerful is then those scriptures tell us, and you should let your attitude, let your mind, starts in chapter five, be the same as Christ Jesus. In other words, we are called to be people who limit ourselves, our freedom, who, people who actually, uh, instead of holding on to our rights and I can do this and I can do that, who actually learn to live within obedience to God so that we can love others. Do you know what one of the, the great tragedies of all this more that we can have, 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 and that we're pushed to do, 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 and get, 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 is it so clutters our lives that so often we're missing the one thing that matters most, love. To be people who love God and love others. And Christ, out of love for us, he's done this perfectly. And now he invites us and says, let your mind, let your attitude be the same. Step into this way of life, the way of love. You know, you and I are invited to live lives where we just don't allow more, more, more to keep us from that which matters most. To living lives of love. Loving God, loving people, that's what's essential. And so much of the other stuff that clutters up our lives, that fills the calendar at times, that fills where our time and energy and resources all going. When we step back, if we actually look at it and see it for what it is, maybe the best question we can ask is, is this allowing me and enabling me to live a life of love? You know, I was uh, chatting with a, a neighbor this week who's working at, at Target at the shops. We were chatting about how odd it is at the shops. You know, how, most of them are closed. You know, and I asked, you know, as many people there. And she said, what's happening is a ton of uh, online kind of click and collects. That it's, it's, it's wild just how much click and collect. And the two things she said that are selling like crazy are, you know, kind of gym and sports equipment. And I hope maybe you've been setting that up in your house. And she said, and the other thing, though, is home decorating. I was like, oh, that's so funny. It kind of makes sense, you know? So many people are staying at home. And when you're at home, then you kind of stop, you know, and you start looking around and going like, hey, what would I want to do here? What would I want to change here? And, and, and I thought it's so interesting, you know, so many of us, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've changed a few things around my house. But what if this was a moment not to just think about how we're designing our, our homes and how they're going to look and feel, but maybe this is a moment in time to think about how am I designing my life? is there some more in there that I actually want to carve out and make sure that I, I pull some stuff that's out, out. Like this is in my, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just maybe it didn't, doesn't fit anymore. Or actually it's just a thing that for some reason I thought I needed that thing, but actually I don't think I do. And I think it's distracting me from actually living the life of love that I want to live. What if this is a moment to think about how you design your life a little bit differently? 
And can I encourage you to let the operating principle as you define and design your life and consider what goes in and what comes out and what limits do you want to live within, to let the operating principle be love. Let your attitude, your mindset be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who was willing for our sake to take on all the limitations of human form. You know, we're going to sing a song. Uh, the team's going to lead us in, in a song in just a moment. And what I, I just want you to, to think about or reflect on today is that, you know, you can... You can embrace limits when you know that God is for you. When you really get in touch with this reality that you know that Christ came for you. He died for you. He was willing to go to the cross for you. When you understand this is how much God loves you. One of the, we, we chase more, more, more because we always feel like we need to be a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. That was the lie. You can be like God. You can be more than what you are. You don't need to be more. And you don't need to have more. He's enough. And when you begin to live in the trust of that, this is the freedom. We think limitation, no, freedom comes when you know that there is a God who loves you and you are free now, just as you are. Free to know him and free to live the life that he wants for you because his, his boundaries, his wisdom, all of his command, all of it is there not to take away your freedom, but to give you freedom to live the life you were created for. Yeah, I want to encourage you to maybe just ask this one question this morning. Is there anything in your life that is actually just cluttering it and keeping you from knowing his love and living that life of love? Is there stuff in your calendar? Is there goals in your mind? Are there thoughts and dreams that actually you just feel like you're supposed to because you're supposed to and supposed to, but actually... You want to say to him, hey, God, is there, this is the simple prayer you can pray. I encourage you is just to begin to say, God, is there anywhere I'm chasing more that's keeping me from the life you want from me? And to really give him space to show you and reveal those things to you. And just know this, you can do that from a place of trust and freedom when you know when you know God is for you and you embrace that reality that he came for you, his love is for you, he took on limits for you, he went to the cross for you, well, then you're free. And you're free to say, God, whatever you want to lead me towards, take me there. Because I know I will find more as I follow you. So maybe pray that prayer this morning. You know, God is there. Show me where more is keeping me from what matters most. It's a simple prayer. It's a bold prayer. But if you pray that to him, God, show me where more is keeping me from what matters most. The life he imagines for you. I want to pray for you. And then even as, as the team leads us in this song, just begin to pray that and listen to things that he may bring to mind and show you. Because I promise you this, his intentions towards you are good. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person today who's watching this, hearing the sound of my voice. I pray that your Holy Spirit might speak to them today. I pray that you begin to reveal and show things to them. 
things that maybe you'd say to them, you know what, you don't need that anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. That's just getting in the way and lead them, Lord, lead them toward the life you dream for them. Lead them in the way of love. I pray they'll know your voice, sense your leading. In Jesus' name. Spend some time listening to what he wants to show you today.